0: Great. You guys doing this morning? Come on, come on. Hey. Welcome. We're so excited. Uh, Like I said, my name is Mark. I'm the youth pastor here at The Hill. So just shameless plug, if you got any 6th through 12th graders that have never been to The Hill or haven't been in a long time, we'd love to meet them and hang out with them. It's a great time on Wednesday nights at 6.30, so we'd love for you guys uh, to be a part of that. You're probably like, what is this blonde guy up on the stage doing? He does not look like Pastor Jason. He doesn't have as nice of a hairline as Pastor Jason. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That was a bad joke if he's watching right now. We love you. Hey, I I just want to say first off... uh, I think one of the most special things when we look at churches um, is how they operate when their leaders are able to get some rest and take some break and so I think right now I just want to give a huge honor to our pastors Pastor Jason and Pastor Angie because the fact that we can operate on Sunday and they're able to get some much-needed rest and seek from the Lord and get reset and we're still able to run that just speaks volumes to our leadership and so Pastor Jason and Angie thank you for paving the way here in Bernie and we're excited for all that God's going to continue to do and is already doing Uh, but Hey, um, if you're wondering why I got this like bleached hair, because I know some of you are like, I don't know if I trust this guy up on the stage. Like his his, short, his his pants are like pulled up a little bit. He's got bleached hair. Like, what is going on with this guy? Here's the deal, okay? I told our students that if they broke 120 students at our back to school bash event with, with back to school bash event, which was this last month, that I would bleach my hair. And guess what? When I first got here, when we started with 18 students, and they brought it, they brought their friends, they brought the whole crowd, and we broke 120 students at our back-to-school bash. That's exciting. God is doing something special in this generation. So I'm a man of my word, and so I had to bleach my hair because of y'all. Come on, the student section down here. Y'all are crazy. But uh, hey, I'm excited to be here with you. Um, Pastor Jason had asked that I would uh, hop in today and share a little bit of, of our vision for Um, kind of our youth and and the direction that we're going in. And here's, here's what I want to preface today's message with is this, is that our vision for our youth program has, is, is no different than the vision for, for our main service. Okay. Right. We all, you guys have probably seen when you walked in to find and restore other versions, say to seek and save. Listen, that, that vision is going to stay, stay the same across the board. That has never changed. It will not change, and that's what we're going to continue to do. That is what this program is going to be about. That is what a relationship with Jesus is about. It's about seeking, and it's about saving, and, and, and that's kind of where I want to go today. I, 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 want to, I want to preach a message to y'all, and I want to speak. I, I hope today we just speak to your situations and circumstances and uh, wh- whatever walk of life you're coming from, whatever Whatever your faith background might look like, I hope that today would be encouraging. I hope that today uh, the story of Jesus would speak to your heart and to your life. And uh, no matter what age you are, I believe that God wants to do something special in your life. And so I'm excited to share this incredible story with you. And I hope that you walk out a little bit better than the way you walked in. Is that cool? Come on, football Sunday coming up soon too. A couple more weeks. We're excited. It's just, we just getting started. Um, I want to speak to you on the subject of what are you looking for? What are you looking for? Um, is anybody in this room like a little bit messier or like you misplace stuff a lot? Anybody, if I show of hands? Okay, I'm, I, listen, my life is a whole kind of mess, all right? Like I misplace stuff, I lose stuff all the time, like I, I, I just recently a couple months ago became a, a dog dad and I got this little six month old demon Bentley, I don't know if tech team has a picture of him or not, there he is, There's, this guy's a little demon, he's ruined our, our carpets and everything, he's a disaster, but um, on top of being in charge of him, I uh, I've been struggling lately misplacing stuff and as I was thinking about this message today for you guys, I was looking back and I had a moment about a year and a half ago, right before I met my wife, Hope, and I was telling her what I was preparing for, and she was like, yeah, not much has changed, Mark. I'm like, great, that's encouraging to hear from your wife. Not much has changed, Mark. It's like, okay, thanks for being my backbone. Um, Anyways, tough crowd today. Y'all need some caffeine. It's okay. We'll get there. We'll get there. Y'all good? You Bear with me. We're good. Um, So I was coming home from the gym, and I had my car keys on hand, and I walk in, and I have this huge dresser up against my wall. This is back in Seattle. And I have a huge dresser up against the wall. But here's the thing. It's not flush to the wall. There's like a little bit of a gap. Like, I don't know if y'all can see that in the back. But it's like just a, just a wee bit of a gap, okay? And so I, I walk in, and mindlessly, I just walk in. I take my keys out. I set them down over there, and then I go about my day, okay? Well, here's the deal. I had some students texting me that it was they needed to get picked up from school, and they wanted to hang out, and this and that. And so I'm like, okay, great. So I promised them I'd come pick them up from school when the bus drops them off and this and that. And so it's about 15 minutes before and I got a 30 minute drive. So I'm running late. Okay, anybody in here late people? It's not a good thing. Just admit it. The rest of you are liars. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Relax. It's a joke, okay? We can joke in church. Anyways, so I I start frantically just, I'm like freaking out. I'm running all over the house. I'm like, where's my keys? Ah! Like, where did I put them? I could have swore I put them on the dresser. They're not there. I don't know where they're at. I'm like looking, I'm like digging. I'm trying to find them. And okay, I got this genius idea. I go into my parents' bedroom and I just start opening up drawers everywhere. I'm like trying to find, it's like, Mark, you didn't put them there. Why are you? I don't know. I, I literally could not remember where I put my keys to save my life. I'm scavenging everything. I'm looking for it. And then the students are texting me, you're late. The bus dropped me off. I'm like, I can't find my keys. So what did I do? I ran in, I took my mom's keys and took her car without saying anything. Great idea, by the way, right? Of course, I would never, I would never uh, make a decision like that, right? And so I drive off with her car and I go pick up the students and, and my mom calls me. She's like, she's Romanian. So okay, so just bear with me. She's like, Mark, where's my keys? I'm like, mom, I, uh, you see, I, I, I couldn't find mine. She's like, Mark, find your keys. Don't take my car. Like, Mom, I'm sorry. I was like in a rush. I was in a panic. I couldn't find it. And so finally, uh, I go hang out with the student. I got yelled at a little bit, scolded, rightfully so. I don't blame my mother. I love my mother so much. And I come back home, and I go back to digging. And finally, my mom comes up to me. She's like, Mark, what are you looking for? I'm like, Mom, I'm looking for my keys. She's like, You're looking in the wrong spot. Mark, she's Romanian, okay? Just bear with me. And I'm like, what? She's like, they're in the back. Her accent changed too while she was at it, you know? (laughs) They're in, they're in, they're on your dresser, in the very back of your dresser. And I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? I literally checked that thing like 15 times. You guys know when you think you put something somewhere and then you keep going back and you're like, it's got to be here. Like you're like looking everywhere. I was literally just trying to find these keys. And I, I, I finally go back and I look right in front of me. Remember that little gap I told you? You're laughing at me. That little gap that was right there? My keys were hanging Right smack dab in between the wall and the thing, you could barely see it on top. It's just dangling there. And I had spent like, I don't even know how long, way too long, scavenging for these keys. I ravaged my parents' room. I went through the upstairs. I went everywhere you could possibly go. All to realize that the very solution I needed was right in front of me. And I had missed it all along. What are you looking for? I think for many of us, if we're being honest here when it comes to our life, we all have situations, circumstances, troubles, different things we're dealing with. But I think oftentimes we look in the wrong areas to find the solution to these things we're dealing with. It's like, ah, my marriage isn't working. Guess I'm going to go watch The Bachelor to get good marriage advice. (laughs) You know? all laughing but people do that and I'm just like I, I wonder if sometimes we have started to walk away and we've started to to drift and try to find the solutions and the answers and to fix ourselves and to heal ourselves and do all this and we've been looking all around us to try to figure out what is going on what what is going on in my head what's going on in my body why is this happening why did my kid walk out I thought I was a good parent they still haven't come back why is this business falling apart why did I lose my job why have I not been able to find the next thing? What's going on? Maybe I just need to hang out with these people more. They're out and about every night. They're sure gonna help you. Maybe I need to do this. Maybe I need to do that. I don't know what it is for you. But if I can just be if I can just be upfront with you, I think many of us have started to look in areas that we were not intended to look in. And I, I think I think when we start to look. For something in the wrong area, it's going to take us to the wrong solution. And I think what you're looking for might just be right in front of you this whole time and you've missed it all along. Let me, let me, go, let me, let me just go a step deeper. Can, can, I just, can I maybe just suggest that the creator of the universe that created you and knit you in your mother's womb, well, I don't know if I believe in that, Mark. Okay, just bear with me for a second. Maybe just maybe he would have the answers for you. Maybe he would understand you. Maybe he would understand how your anxiousness works. Maybe he would understand how the depression would work. Maybe he would understand how your family model works. Maybe he would understand you because he created that. Yet we're searching We're searching for things in the wrong areas. We keep going to these people and those things and this and that. We're trying to get business advice from someone that's never owned a business before. And here we are wondering, why can't I find a solution? And I wonder if we've been looking in the wrong areas all along. And I would just... I want to suggest to you today that maybe you've been seeking in the wrong areas. What are you looking for? I want, to, I want us today to take a look at, at a story of this man who has an encounter with Jesus. And I want you guys to see what happens with this encounter right here. Because this very story, many of you are probably familiar with it for the simple fact that it's where our name came from, Luke 19.10. But we're going to look at, the, we're going to look at 19... Uh, 19 verse 1 through 10. I want, I want us to look at the story of this man named Zacchaeus and this encounter he has with Jesus. And I'm going to give you some, some context in, in just a second. But here's what I want you to understand. As we break this story down and look at it, there's a couple things I think we can take away for ourselves. But here's what I know. Is that this relationship and this dynamic he starts to build, there's something that starts to shift in this. He starts to see something he didn't see before. And here's, here's what I want to tell you. Is this man Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus was not just an ordinary, I mean he was an ordinary guy, but he was not in an ordinary situation. He was struggling. He was broken like all of us. Zacchaeus, he was a tax collector. Back then, tax collectors, they were Jewish by nature, but they were under Roman rule. And so Jews despised them because they're like, you're not like me. You don't dress, act, talk, or walk like me. You don't belong. You're not a part of this. And and scripture says he was not just a tax collector. This is is recorded once in the Bible. It says he was the chief tax collector. He was the head honcho. He was absolutely despised, unlike he didn't belong. He had no no value to, to his Jewish people. And he has this moment that changes his life. And I want us to look at this today because today I would like to show you where we're headed. What are you looking for? It starts right here. It says this. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by name of Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector and he was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was. So here he is. He has this moment. He must have heard something about this Jesus person. Maybe you don't know anything about Jesus, but you've kind of seen your friends and things that are going on in other marriages and other people's lives. And you're like, maybe I should show up to church today. Maybe, I, maybe just maybe I should, I should walk in and, and just check it out. So I want to speak to you for a second. Look at this. Something shifts in Zacchaeus. Not everything, but something. He decides to take the first step. And some of you have been looking in the wrong areas and you failed to take the first step. And what I want to challenge you today is watch what happens when you take your first step. Watch this. He says this. But being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way when Jesus reached the spot remember he's passing by he shows up and he says this he looks up and he sees Zacchaeus in the tree many scholars believe that tree is a resemblance of childlike nature any of you climbed a tree when you were a kid come on and then broke your arm falling out okay just me that's okay I didn't break my arm but I did climb trees thought I was spider-man at a young age you know found out I was not. I could not shoot webs. Um, some of you are like, that's demonic, Mark. That's weird. Okay, relax, all right? It's a joke, okay? Anyways, Jesus looks at Zacchaeus, and he's like, Zacchaeus, I need you to come down from this tree. And I wonder if some of us today, this tree is a resemblance of the separation between us and Jesus. We don't want people in church to know what we did yesterday. We don't want people in church to know how our marriage is going, because if we're serving in church and people know that our marriage is kind of rocky, they're not going to accept us. So what I'm going to do is, God, I'm still going to kind of come and worship and raise my hand a little bit, but but I'm going to sit in my tree. Uh, Ah, my kids walked out, and so I don't want people to think at church that I'm a terrible parent. By the way, your kid is not just because if they are a grown person above the age of 18, it is you cannot take the full blame for that. They get to make their decisions. You are not, let me speak to the parents right now that think you are not enough and you are not a good parent. I'm here to tell you that scripture says you are. Scripture says that Jesus is going to take care of it. Scripture says that you are enough. You are perfectly made in his image. It is not your fault. You cannot take the full blame that your kid walked out. They're above the age of 18. They're grown people. Stop holding your identity to that because that's not who you are. You are a good parent and you can be a good parent. And some of you have walked away, you have strayed away, and you're sitting in that tree because you're scared. And Jesus looks at Zacchaeus, he says, Zacchaeus, I need you to come down. I need you to step down. You know why? Because Jesus is not interested in having this distance between you and him, this fake relationship. He's interested in knowing who you really are. He wants to walk with you. He says, get out of that tree and come here. Let's be level headed let's walk together. I don't need you to be up there. I need you to come down. I need you to trust me with your marriage. I need you to trust me with your anxiousness. I need, to trust, I need you to trust me with your job. I need you to trust me with your business. I need you to trust me with your parenting. Zacchaeus, I need you to come down right now because guess what? I'm not interested in staying at a hotel. I'm interested in staying at your house. That means I'm interested in residing in your heart. He tells Zacchaeus, come down. I need to stay at your house immediately. And so Jesus doesn't invite himself into your life. Jesus invites you to have a relationship with him. I know we're in the Bible Belt and everybody grew up going to church and you know every scripture by the back of your hand and you're so smart and you have all the answers figured out and you're so much more spiritual than the Northwest and this and that, I I get it. You're so perfect and amazing, but, but I wonder if We've maybe been looking for the wrong things. Walking into church, that doesn't make you better. It's it's a great first step. It's important. Community is important. I'm not trying to say that. But what I'm saying is you don't have a better relationship with Jesus just simply on the fact that you walked into these and sat down. Just because you serve. You're you're morally, what? Since when have we gotten to this point, 1910? Oh, they're wearing a snapback in church. They got a hat on. They got their oversized hoodie. They don't look like us. They don't belong. What? That's not who Jesus is. And see, and see watch this, watch this. Look what these people do. Jesus tells them to come down. And, and Zacchaeus, he says, he comes down at once. And it says, he welcomed him gladly. Have you welcomed Jesus in gladly? He can't do a work until you welcome him in. Did you, did you catch that? He can't do a work on your heart until you welcome him in. Jesus is not an intruder. He's a guest. And some of you treat him like this, like this intruder that you're like, you just want to push him off because you're scared because people have hurt you and the church has hurt you and people have said things and they said it in the name of Jesus. Many things have been done in the name of Jesus, but that's not who he is. Let me show you this. Look at this. He welcomes him gladly. And look what the people did. It says, all the people saw this and began to mutter. They're like, oh, Jesus is hanging out with that guy? He's the chief tax collector. I hate him. He's ugly. He's miserable. He's mean. He's the worst boss. He's the worst husband. Ew, she's a terrible wife. I'm sick and tired of her. Oh, I can't do this. My, my son is just, he's just, ugh. I can't stand him anymore. What? Look what happens. They start muttering, But Zacchaeus has this moment with Jesus. Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, he surrenders. He says, Lord, that means he is addressing Jesus and admitting that Jesus is God. He has a posture of surrender. And I think some of us have been looking in the wrong areas when the answer has been right in front of us. We're just too scared to surrender. God, I don't trust you with this. I don't trust you with my finances. I don't trust you with my marriage. I don't trust you with my business. I don't trust you with my kids. I don't trust you, God. I don't trust that teacher. I'm homeschooling my kid. There's nothing wrong with that, by the way. I'm just simply saying, we start to have lack of trust. And Jesus is saying, I just want to have a relationship with you. That's fine. You can do that. Go do that. I want you to have a healthy marriage. I want you to have good finances. I want you to have a business. I want you to be successful. Zacchaeus, get out of that tree. I need to come to your house right now. I need to meet with you. Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Four times the amount. This is where I want to land today. Look at this. It says, Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man, too, is the son of Abraham. I'm here to speak to someone right now who feels like you have been ostracized, who feels like you have been pushed away. You feel like you are not welcomed in your friend circle anymore. You feel like you've been kicked out of the, the circle with your coworkers. You feel like you have a, you, your kids are estranged. I don't know what it is for you. And Jesus says, this man too is a part of us. He is a Jew as well. And he belongs with us. And I love him just as much as I love you. Do you know Jesus' love for you is, is like anything, like nothing we've seen? It is a love. That, that chases after you, even when you don't want it. He just continues to come after you. He doesn't intrude. He'll knock at your door. He's like, "Hey, I'm right here." Ah, God, I'm not ready today. It's not going so good today. I'm I'm really anxious. Let me come help. Nah, I don't want you, Jesus. Get away from me. I'll, I'll come to church, but I don't I don't want anything to do with you. Holy Spirit, so. Ah, hey, on. just trust me. I'm right here. Yeah. I'll take care of that marriage. Yeah. Yeah. I'll heal those wounds. Those wounds are going to become scars pretty soon. God, I don't know. Can I, can I tithe 10%? He's like, do you trust me? I don't know. Okay, well, I'll, I'll knock tomorrow. Hey, you ready? Ah, uh, uh, I don't know, God. And we like to climb up this tree and we distance ourselves from Jesus. And Jesus is saying, I just need to come in because when I come in, and you see my love for you. It will cause you to surrender. I'm here to tell somebody, you don't need to fix your behavior. You don't need to change the way you dress. You don't need to change the way you act and talk. He don't need you to be fake. You don't need, you need to stop coming to church and pretending to be somebody you're not. Jesus is saying, I just need you to open up your heart and open up your mind and allow me to step in. And I will do a work on your heart, on your marriage, on your kids, on your family, on your legacy. I will work that. I will work on your boss. Don't worry about that. Just trust me. Let me step into your life. And I think we've missed it. I think some of us, we've been seeking the wrong thing. We've been looking in the wrong areas because we're seeking the wrong thing. How long are we going to keep going like that? He says, salvation has come here. I care about my son. He, is, he too is the son of Abraham. For the son of man, what did he come? He came to seek and to save, to find and to restore, to mend and to heal. For the son of man came to seek and save what was lost? You want, to know what the, you want to know what the vision for our youth is? To seek and save. You want to know what the vision for 1910 churches is? To, seek and, to find and restore. To seek and save. Here's, here's, here's what I want to say. I'm done. I want to make two observations. Number one, you know what Jesus does? He seeks you. Why is this important, Mark? Watch this. When I'm seeking something, I'm not just standing there going, I guess I can't find my keys. I can't find my keys. Where are they? Oh, uh, I guess I'll try again. Jesus is not standing here going, oh, they're messing up again. Mm. I'll Try again. Okay. Ah, oh, go- no. When you seek something, that means you know what you're looking for. You know why? Because the, do you know the word see is inside seek? You can't seek something that you don't already seek. When Jesus seeks, it's because he created you in your mother's womb, and he sees you, he knows you, he loves you despite all of that, and he says, I'm coming after you. When I'm seeking, I'm turning, I'm turning this stuff over. I'm flipping up chairs. I'm looking everywhere. I'm doing whatever I can. Maybe God is trying to use that friend that you don't like and won't talk to because they're weird, and he's trying to use him or her to speak into your life so that you can have an encounter with him, but he needs you to take that leap of faith and trust him and start talking to that person because maybe that person will change your life, but you're afraid. You're going to sit in that tree and wait, and God's saying, no, I'm trying to find you. I'm using every avenue. I tried your job. That didn't work. I tried here. That didn't work. I tried to speak through your spouse, but you're too egotistical and won't believe him or her. I tried to do this, but you won't listen, so I'm going to send this person. I'm waiting on you to respond, and Zacchaeus says... All right, God, I messed up. I did these people wrong. I'm going, to turn, I'm going to turn around, and I'm going to trust you, Jesus. And Jesus is saying, Zacchaeus, I was on my way passing by, and I was seeking you because I wanted to have an encounter with you. So when I walked through town, I looked up, and the scripture says he looked up and saw Zacchaeus, and he called him by name and gave him a command to come down, not a question not a maybe. He gave him a command. And I believe Jesus is speaking to your life right now. And he's saying, if you would just come down from that tree, you are going to see my love. Zacchaeus came down gladly. You know why? Because he sensed the love of God in his life. God is not this, he has, he is not this crazy psycho God. I mean, he's crazy and psycho about you. But he's not this God that's going to just go around and try to ruin your life. He wants the best for you. But you know what the problem is? Many of us think we can save ourselves. Oh, I can, I can help myself. Just need a little more self-help. Read some more leadership books. Those are great, by the way. Uh, I just need—I'm going to read some more Dave Ramsey, and I'm good. Trust Dave Ramsey with my finances, but not God. I think he would have a problem with that. Sorry, I'm stepping on toes. Y'all get your pedicure later. But I'm, I'm serious. And God's saying, Jesus is saying that salvation has come to this home today because you are my son and my daughter, and I love you so deeply. Jesus. He seeks you. It's not a looking. It's a seek. I'm going to find you. Home Depot, if we stole your stuff, you guys know where it is. He seeks you. And the last thing is this, and I'm closing up right now. And Keys, you can come on up. The second thing that we see Jesus do here, which is why we do what we do at this church, is that Jesus, he, he saves. He doesn't just go sending people your way. He doesn't just show up at your door for no reason. He seeks you out of his love for you, and then he saves you. Yes. Saves me from what, Mark? What is this whole Christian thing about? He saves you from yourself. Because can I tell you something? From the beginning of time, when Adam and Eve sinned and they messed up and it separated them and God, what happened is there was now this rift between God and us that could not be, that could not be closed, and what happens when, when, when this happened what ends up happening is we no longer have a relationship with our creator. What we were created to do is no longer happening. And so what God said in John three sixteen, for God so loved you, it says the world, but you can replace the world with you. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son that whoever believes in him, believes, believes, believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. He saves you from your own brokenness, your own, your own sin, your own pain. Can I tell you something? Scripture says, for all have fallen short of the glory of God. That means we're all broken. And if we're sinners, then we need a savior. If God is really God, let him show up. Let him do a work in your life. Let him come into your heart. Stop looking over there for that advice. Look to your creator. It's been right in front of you all along. 9.30 and 11 a.m. is the best place to be. On a Sunday morning in Bernie, Texas, invite your family, invite your friends. Come hear the good news. You know what the good news is? That Jesus loves you unconditionally and he saves. I'm not talking about just going to heaven. I think so often we talk about, oh, it's just heaven. Jesus is sufficient for your now as much as he is sufficient for your eternal. And he's very clear about this. He says, I have come to seek and to save. And if we're going to be more like Jesus in the church, then don't we want to do like Jesus? Oh, we're broken. Oh, we're flawed. I'm aware of that. But don't we want to be more like him? If we're going to know him, let's be more like him. So what is our mission? What do we do for the hill? What do we do for 1910? We want to seek. I'm going to go out of my way to find these people to speak into their life and to save them. That is what Jesus did. The good news of Jesus, that he loves you with no strings attached. That if you would confess with your tongue and believe in your heart that he is Lord, you have forever with him. But more importantly, you have a life here that is more fulfilling. Oh, it's not perfect. I get that. It doesn't mean your problems are going to go away tomorrow just because you came in and heard a service. Oh, I just need a revelation from Pastor. Pastor Jason better come in with the fire this Sunday, or I'm finding a new church. What? I'm, I'm not trying to fire shots. You know, he talked about it last week. There's a place for everybody. But what I'm trying to get across is that it's not about this stage, it's not about a communicator, it's not about this friend or that friend or this person. What this life is really about, it's not about transitions. Oh, I don't like worship today because I didn't like champion. I don't know that song, Maverick City, what is that? Y'all laugh, I'm serious. We're so consumed with transitions and how this flows and I messed up this and I did that. I've stumbled over my words probably like 10 times this sermon, it don't matter. Who cares? Let's keep going forward. Y'all are arguing about theology and ethics and morals and tradition and customs while there's people in the streets dying. Come on. And we're out here complaining that church service is too short or too long, not deep enough, not word by word, exegetical, da, da, da. Okay. But your friend's dying. And you're more focused on that. Oh, I don't like this generation of new 20-something-year-olds. They dress all wonky, got bleached hair, scream at the top of their lungs in a microphone. No, I'm just passionate. And if you want to know why, let's talk after. I'll tell you my story. We don't got time for that right now. I'll tell you why. Because Jesus took me from a a lying, a steroid abusing, horrible human that had no place here and he restored and healed and he said what the enemy tried to use for evil, I'm going to use for good. I never wanted to be a preacher. I never wanted to be a pastor. I never asked for a stage or for lights or for a microphone. I never wanted any of that. I don't want to be that. Everybody looks at your life like a microscope. And checks every little detail you do now. Did you see what pastor said? Yeah, I'm human. Sorry, I cussed at my dog. Come on. Have we lost it? Some of the parents in here are like, this is not what I brought my kids for. Well, bring them to the hill. It's PG-13. Jesus, he seeks and he saves. And if you feel like today you are too far gone, that you are not good enough, and I'm the band's coming up. This is my sign. I'm going too long. I'm done. Jesus tells this story of this father and his two sons, and one of his sons took the inheritance and he ran away. And it says he won, he squandered it. He wasted all his money. He was out in Vegas doing whatever, gambling. And, and he ends up in a pig pen where he feels empty. And lonely and he's been seeking the wrong thing and he's been looking in the wrong areas and it says all of a sudden he has a moment where he starts writing these notes about this speech he's this petty little speech he's gonna give to his dad because he believes that now his dad will forgive him but he's like I don't know maybe he will maybe he won't so he writes this speech and he's like all right, I'm gonna go tell my dad and the dad's been sitting there waiting and it says the boy starts running back home he's like hey. and then there's this moment it says, the father saw the son in a distance. He didn't stay there. He didn't look for him. He sought after him. Jesus seeks, and he sprints to the son. He gives him a big hug. He says, get the get the cattle out. Get the get all the celebration stuff and the festivities ready because my son was once lost but now he's found he's coming back home that marriage was once broken but he's bringing restoration to it my children walked away but they're going to come back by the blood of Jesus because he is enough that's who Jesus is his love is so radical his love is so dynamic his love for you is like nothing ever I'm sorry I'm going to push some buttons here his love for you Not even a spouse can't bring that kind of love. It's different. He's put you together in a covenant, but it's different. Jesus seeks you and he saves you. And I hope this brings you clarity today because I heard a pastor say this, where there is a lack of clarity, it will be confused. And I'm here to tell you today, make no mistake about 1910, it is clear. We are here to seek and to save to find and restore, to heal and to bring back. And I don't know if that's exciting news for you, but I can tell you right now that God loves you. He is for you. He's ready to restore. He's ready to redeem. Don't believe me? Look at the story of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus didn't belong and now he belongs. Zacchaeus was a a liar, a manipulator, and now he's a man of God who's returning and restoring and giving back. And I'm here to declare that over your life today. Jesus loves you. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're in this place right now, I know this is a little different, but if you'd say, Mark, something you said today, the story of Jesus resonated with me. If that's really who God is, if that's really who Jesus is, this loving father figure who cares about me, no strings attached. There's nothing you can do to earn it or deserve it. You don't got to change the way you act, dress, think, or walk. You just got to be open. Like a Christmas gift you give to your kid or your grandkids. In December, he says, I'm here to seek, and now I'm here to give you this free gift of forgiveness and grace that only comes through me. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody gets to the Father except through me. I'm sorry, but we've gotten it twisted. I'm sorry if you've been told your friends go into heaven if they haven't accepted Jesus. That's not true. It's just a makeshift way to make somebody feel better. And I know that's cruel, but that's the reality. And that's why I'm here to bring some good news. That today you can accept Jesus in your heart. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that he is Lord, you are saved forever. So on the count of three, if that's you in this place, and you'd like to accept the free gift of forgiveness that only Jesus offers, on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to slip up your hand and you can put it right back down. The reason I say this is because I believe when you respond on the outside to what's happening inside your heart, it just becomes a little more real for you. So if that's you, I'd like to accept Jesus. On the count of three, one, God loves you. too. you you'll never be the same. Three, if that's you, would you just slip up your hand? That's me, I'd like to accept Jesus. I'd like to accept Jesus. That's amazing, I see those hands. That's amazing. That's amazing, that's amazing. God, I thank you so much for these souls that have restoration and relationship with you, God. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your grace. I thank you, God, that we can put our faith in in not just a man but a man that was fully God and fully man that died at the hands of a Roman torture tool so that his blood would pay the price for our sacrifice that we are now right with him we are right with you because of him he who knew no sin became sin so that we might become the righteousness in Christ Jesus you are right with God thank you Jesus we love you we praise you God, may we never lose that sight. May we stop looking in the wrong areas. May we seek where you are. And all God's people say,